And I want to say to all of our fathers, happy Father's Day again. And I want to thank you for being here. I know you could be anywhere, but you're here. And uh, I'm thankful for that. There was a 16-year-old young man who had been out late with his friends one night. And suddenly he realized that it was Father's Day. And he had not gotten his dad a card. And so he started searching for a store that was still open that would still have cards. And finally they located one. But when he got in there, the rack was picked over and there were only two cards left. And so he selected one and he brought it home and kind of sheepishly and embarrassed, he presented to his father. His father opened the card and read it. And the message says, you've been like a father to me. And his dad looked at him kind of quizzically and said, son, he said, well, dad, it's like this. It was either that or the other card said, now that I'm a father like you. a lady that was flying one day to Denver and she overheard a conversation going on across the aisle between a woman and her little boy and she couldn't help but chuckle. She says, now remember son, go to dad first, not the puppy. (laughs) Isn't that the way it is dads? But that's all right. Turn to somebody and say happy day. (laughs) Amen. And if it's a father, say happy Father's Day. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 20. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse number 20. The writings of the wise man Solomon read like this. That thou mayest walk in the way... Of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. I want to read that again, and I'd like to read it from the New Living Translation. It reads like this Follow the steps of good men and stay on the paths of righteousness. And everybody said amen. Amen. My subject this morning is the path of a good man. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Sometimes Father's Day is a very hard time for me to come up with something to say. You probably don't think that's the case, but it is more than even Mother's Day. And I think I've tried to figure out why it's so hard. And I think I came to an understanding this week. Ladies, unlike men, you don't have a heavenly mother that casts a looming shadow over you of perfection like men do. The heavenly father that we all serve cast a shadow that we are sometimes compared to and the comparison is is impossible. 
The role of a father and a man is challenging to say the least, but we are not perfect. And there is no perfect Father's Day message, and I want to do more than just speak to our fathers today. I want to speak to all of the men and the young men in this place today. There's only one son that was without sin, but there are many sons of sorrow. The rest of us fall under the category of the fallen, and we strive to rise up as good men. Not great men, just good men. As great a man as David was, his record as a father is not without its blemishes. If you read the second book of Samuel, chapters 12 through 18, you will find unfolding before you a drama that is anything but an example or a role model of what a man ought to be to his family. Absalom was a young man with extraordinary promise, but his life was hijacked by the assault of his sister by a half-brother. When Absalom saw that his father, David, was not going to do anything about it, Absalom took it in his own hands, and he assaulted and killed the perpetrator, Amnon. And then when he thought that David would surely discipline him, again, David did nothing. In his amazement, David just stood passively by as he had on other occasions. And gradually, Absalom began to resent him and was filled with a rage and a disrespect toward his father, so much so that it led him to revolt against his own dad and overthrow him in the city of Jerusalem and seize the kingdom from his own father. I have learned this much about life, is that your kids can know a different you than other folks know. And they can come to different conclusions than other folks do. And it makes for some interesting family dynamics. I was speaking to a friend of mine this past week about Father's Day, and he said, you know, I was surprised. I had asked several people in my church to say something about their father, and he said, every one of them turned me down. And I knew those people. I knew them, and I knew their background. I knew their families, but I could not understand why all of them had turned him down. I think sometimes the dynamics that go on inside a family are sometimes less than perfect, but that is not a reason to keep loving and keep the connection of your family going. None of us are without fault. And I certainly am not here today to excuse the failure of men or fathers or your father, but I am saying that there are a lot of good men that would be well helped if somebody would just simply forgive them for their imperfections. There was an eight-year-old girl that was telling her grandfather one day that she was never going to have children, that she had discussed this with her mother, and her mother had shared a little bit about childbirth, and so the little girl came to the conclusion that it hurts too bad to have kids. She told her granddad that, and his first response was to remind her that if your mother had felt that way, you would never have been here because you're not the oldest child. 
But instead, being the wise grandfather that he was, he said, yes, daughter, it does hurt, but the pain goes away, and then you are left with that beautiful package of a child, and you realize that it was worth it. That little eight-year-old girl crawled up into his lap and looked straight in his eyes, and she said, you're a man. What do you know about that? And so it is in much of life. There is that question that is cast before us. You're a man. What do you know? Everything that I know about childbirth, I admit, I learned it vicariously from my wife. But there are some things that as a man I do know. And I have learned in my experience of life. I have learned that my shadow reaches farther than I realize. And I realize that my words carry more weight than sometimes I wish that they did. And so today I've learned as a father that God is not looking for perfect men, just men. Men who are willing to allow Him to make them perfect. I have learned as a father that character does matter. And right decisions always matter. I have learned that try as hard as you might, you will still make mistakes in life. Don't beat yourself up over the mistake. Get up and learn and go again. I have learned as a father that when you fall down, It is always best to get back up because there are other people that are depending on you getting back up. And I have learned to never underestimate the power of your influence. For when you least think they are noticing, they are watching so carefully. And so to all of the men in this building today and even the women Make sure that you understand that your shadow is falling on somebody today. And the influence of that shadow could make for good or evil depending on how it falls. There is nothing that is lost in life by maintaining integrity. But there are many things that are gained. I have learned that the blessings of God are the result of walking with Him. And you can never, 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 never stop being a dad. Even when you're old, you still have the power of influence and it needs to be felt in your family. What we need in this hour are not more Mark Jenners, but we need more godly men who will stand up and say, As for me and my house... We are going to serve the Lord. And somebody clap your hands and give Him praise right now. There no doubt are some today in our world who would concur with the lament of the prophet Micah who bewailed the moral corruption of his day. In Micah 7 and 2, he bemoans the departure of excellence from his country. And he cries these sad, lamentable words. The good man is perished out of the earth. Perhaps they have moved to a distant land or maybe death has taken them to eternity. But for this prophet, 
their loss was staggering. And the idea that any nation could survive without good men was more than he could bear. For the good man, as far as the prophet was concerned, was the light of the world. His influence penetrates the mass of humanity like salt. His, he, he counteracts by his character the tendencies to corruption in his world. And he removes moral insipidness. And he gives a new spirit that is strong and influential to the world in which he lives. Our world needs not great men, but some good men that will stand up and be counted. Good men who will say, I will serve the Lord. Good men who will say, I will walk in the path of other good men. When I look around this gathering this morning, I realize that the the prophet Micah was wrong. All the good men are not gone. Many of you are sitting on these pews here this morning. I look across this congregation at our men and I, as, as one man, am honored to shoulder up with these men. I don't know any among us who does not have the courage to stand. And I do not know any among us that do not have the ability to make a difference somehow, some way in your world. And so I applaud you. You are sitting here today. You are not perfect and you are not without your faults. But you are good men. And I want to take a moment to give thanks to you as a man of God and as your pastor. Thank you for being good Men, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise that there are some good men in this church today. I believe it would do us all good today to take heed to the counsel of the wise man of our text. The counsel of this man was that we were to walk in the way of good men or follow the path of good men Since I came across that verse, it has captured my attention because I realized that in reading that verse, there are other paths that one could follow. There are many opportunities and choices that a man can make in his life. Many of them are made in the private moments of his life, and he thinks nothing of them. But those private moments make for grand opportunities in the future or they make for great tears in the future. I believe it would do us well to pay attention to the path that we are following this morning. The best path is the path of good men. I love that word, good. When I read great, I have to step back and say, no, God, That's not me, and I don't qualify for that. But when I see God speaking of a good man, that's something that I feel like I'm capable of stepping up to. Not a perfect man, not an accomplished man, not a chiseled muscular man, but just a good man. I've come to tell you folks, there's nothing wrong with good. I love excellence and I love perfection, but I will settle for some good men and young men to live in this church. Everybody say good men. Good men. I have learned this. There is good that comes from following good. When you do good, there are good results. 
You'll never be disappointed because you did good. For those who avoid the society of evil men and women, there is blessing and favor. And I don't know about you men, but that's what I want in my life. I've had enough heartaches. I don't need any more that are brought on because of my egghead decisions. I need to get my mind cleared up. I need to get my spirit right. And I need to get to the place where I can follow the path of other good men because good things come out of following good men. Men cannot walk in good ways unless they leave bad ways. What a simple thought, and yet how powerful, because good and evil are contraries. The one will keep the other out. You cannot have cold and heat at the same time. You're going to have one or the other. Evil thoughts will keep out all of the good thoughts. And I've also learned that good thoughts will keep the evil at bay. And so when I pursue the good, I am turning my back on the evil. I am sick and tired of men and women that want to have it both ways. I am sick and tired of a world that thinks they can have their evil party and still be blessed. It doesn't happen that way, church. If you're going to be blessed, there's a path that you're going to follow to find the blessing of God. You're not going to find it sitting on a bar stool. I don't care what they call it, and you're not going to find it fellowshipping with an un ungodly world that doesn't care one thing about your God no matter what they tell you they may love you in in the moment they're with you but they'll mock your God as soon as you turn around so we need good men who will follow in the path of good men and when you do you'll leave the path of the bad it is not enough to simply avoid evil we must actually do good I love the word walk because it is a word that indicates intentionality. It's not an accident. You don't stumble into this. You don't wake up one morning and realize that there's something good going on inside of you. You don't find it in a Cracker Jack box. You don't find it pushing a button on a remote. You don't find it laying up in bed watching some crazy movie. If you're going to find the good things in life, it's going to be because you intentionally pursue them. Because you make it your goal. You make it your purpose. You make it your hope. You walk into it. You don't dream into it. You don't sleep into it. You don't accidentally drift into it. You walk into it. Somebody say walk into it. Purposeful men. That's what we need. Are men whose heart is to do right no matter what. Amen. Not what is convenient, but what is right. That's what I want to do. I have learned that it's safer to imitate good men than bad men because the cost is far less. Amen. How many miseries have there been put upon families because a man forgot to follow good? The way of good men is far better and their end is better. You may not see it now, but you will in time to come. If you'll follow a good example... It will lead others to follow in the good example that you have set. I wish I could put that deep in your heart today. I wish I could drive that so deep in your mind and psyche that every time you get up in the morning, you are conscious of one thing. 
that the decisions that I make today are going to affect and influence somebody that I love. I want to make sure that I make right decisions. I want to make sure that I turn my feet in the right path. I am so sick of this selfish mentality that is eating our world up and consuming our families and it's all about me and our body and our image. You know what? Your body and image is imperfect and it will always be that way. Get over it. Quit trying to make something out of nothing. Accept what God has made and say, you know what? I'm going to make this the best vessel that God can find to dwell in because I'm going to pursue the good. I'm going to reach for the blessed. I'm going to make decisions that will make blessings come to my life and I'm going to do it because there are others that are going to follow me and they're going to feel the impact of the things that I do. Good examples going before us show us that it can be done. And when we see a good man before us, we know that failure is taken away by his good example. There are some great men in the Bible, but more than great men, there are a lot of good men. And those are the men that I want to follow. But there are two great dangers to the good man They are found in Proverbs chapter 2 in the earlier verses of that chapter. There are two people that are mentioned that are the enemy of the good man. One of them is the evil man and the other is the evil woman. The evil man appeals to the mind. The evil man appeals to the thoughts the wicked may appear to be succeeding, but according to Psalm 37, he tells us that their end is destruction. The ungodly will be uprooted from the land, the Bible says. You cannot trace the crooked path of an evil man because he wants you to believe that there are shortcuts to wealth, that there are shortcuts to success, that you can get the, the good without having to go through the good that you can profit by disobeying God. But I have come to tell you that that is a lie from hell. And that kind of thinking will get a man in trouble. You better be careful of what you let go on in your mind, men, because your mind is an enemy to the good that God wants to bring to your life. And you better put a rein on your mind and pray every day, God, help me to keep this mind close to you and in your word because I want your blessings on my life. The safest and most satisfying path in all the world is the path of a good man. And a good man will avoid the evil man. He will stay away from the influences that affect the mind. The second enemy of a good man is an evil woman. And the evil woman appeals to the appetites of the man. He appeals, or she appeals to the flesh and the desires and the eyes. Because she has broken her vows and forsaken her role, she will do her best to entice you to do the same, to make you think that a one-night stand won't matter. And who will ever know if you make that text or you go to that location on the Internet? I am appealing to you as men this morning to guard your appetite and guard your eyes because they are the gateway through which many things can come into your life and mine and turn me from the best path. 
God, protect me from the evil man and the evil woman. Protect me, God, from the influences that would turn me away from that which is best for my life. Amen. And I close with this. Here's what I've learned from a few good men in Scripture. And I go to Hebrews chapter 11, and I just went the other day, and I just started down the line of the men that were mentioned in Hebrews 11. We first come in contact with a man by the name of Noah. And Noah taught me to build now, and you won't be sorry later. Amen. Everybody say build now. Build now. And you won't be sorry later. There are possible thoughts that could have interfered with God's plan and purpose. It's a great idea, Noah, but tomorrow will be fine to start. How many great men have been thwarted in their purpose in life because they put off to tomorrow what they should have done today? There's no need to get fanatical about it. You don't have to go off the deep end. You can be a good man and not be so committed. But I'm here to tell you that you cannot be a good man without being committed to being good because there are too many enemies out there that are lurking to take you away from the blessings that come from doing good. He thought about his family. When you start thinking about your family, it can change the dynamics of many things. I am convinced when people fail, most of the time they fail because they quit thinking. Because if they would just take a moment and stop and consider what they're doing, they would never do it. If a man would stop and think about what it's going to do to his family before he enters that that relationship, or a woman think about how it's going to affect her children if she does that or she lives that way. She would never do that or say that or think those things. I'm here to tell you that Noah had his family on his mind. And when he thought about his family, it did something to him. The Bible says it caused him to move with fear to prepare an ark for the saving of his family. It brought a new sense of gravity to what he was doing, and it brought a sense of responsibility upon him. Men, I don't want to burden you today, but I am telling you that as a man, there is a responsibility on you to lead, and you better step up and lead. God's going to call you into account for that. I read of a man by the name of Abraham. He trusted God even when he couldn't understand him. And how many times have I not understood God? I don't even know where to begin, but there are moments in my own life that I've looked at God and I've wondered, is there really any reason for me to keep going? But I'm thankful that I did. Amen. Do right because there's a recording going on. Do right even because you don't think it matters. It may be a long time before it comes to notice. And it may be a long time before it comes to fruition. But you hear me this morning. It will come to fruition. God promised Abraham a land and he promised him a nation and he promised him a people. And most of those things Abraham only saw from afar off. And he never even actually was able to see all that God had promised him. But there was a day in the New Testament when Jesus came to a mountain to pray And while he was there praying, there were three that came and met with him. 
And at that moment, he was standing there in the middle of the fulfillment of all of the promises. Moses did not get to go in and see the promised land, but God took note of all the things that he had done in his past for God's people, and he didn't forget. And on that day, Moses stands beside him in the middle of the promised land that he was unable to enter into in his own life. You see, God is keeping record. And you may not think it matters today, but God is noticing, and it will come to notice in some day. Abel, Abel being conscious of what pleases God. When I think about Abel, I realize that there are many possibilities that present themselves to a man, but what I think should be right and what God thinks should be right are not always the same. So you know what I need to do? I need to scrap what I think and go with what God says. Somebody said, well, I don't think that's necessary. You know what? It doesn't matter if I don't think it's necessary. If God said it's necessary, then it's necessary. And Abel, if there's anything he teaches me, is that you have to be conscious of what pleases God. Not your wife, not your kids. How many men have fallen because their own kids put so much pressure on them to cave in. I remember a dear friend, one of my closest friends years ago, an elderly minister, had a great church in another part of a state. And his children, when they were growing up, you know, they they were wild, and, and, and he tried to make exceptions for them. And he said, Brother Hughes, he said, I, I, I kept enlarging that circle so my kids could still be in it until finally I got to the place that the circle was so large that there was nothing wrong anymore. And this is what I have. Broken families, a ruined church, all because somebody forgot that what God says trumps anything that I say. Men, listen to me. It doesn't matter what I think. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter what our society says. If God said it's wrong, it's wrong. It doesn't matter what conventional wisdom said. If God said don't do it, then I shouldn't do it. And if there's anything that Abel teaches me, he teaches me to be conscious of what pleases God. Enoch, Enoch walked with God, and that walk led him to better things. Can I tell you men this morning that where you walk does matter? It does matter. Jacob, how did Jacob wind up in that long line of the heroes of faith? He was a conniver and a schemer, and he was full of mischief and even did some pretty dastardly things to his own family. But Jacob teaches me that men, good men, can make mistakes in life, but you can recover. If you'll keep reaching for God, you can recover. The only thing that I can say about Jacob is that there was something down in his soul that would never let him get away from the love and the desire he wanted for the blessings of God. And though he had gone about it in the wrong way, God saw that desire and God blessed him. He kept reaching until he overcame all of his weaknesses and he stood before God as a great man of faith. So much so that God would change his name and give him a new identity. And I close with, the, with Joseph. There are many others, but for the sake of time, I close. Joseph, 
What a character Joseph is. One of the most beautiful young men that ever lived on the face of the earth. To have gone through all the things that he went through and to have survived is a story in itself. But I realize that there are many things that young Joseph brought on himself because of his own naivety. There's some things that you just can't share in life until later in life. And Joseph wasn't smart enough to realize that, and so he told his dreams, thinking that his brothers would be as happy about his dreams as he was. But all they did was become jealous and angry. And they did all the things they did to him, sold him, put him away. But even in that far land, Joseph held on to God. And this is what I learned about Joseph. You have to live for God no matter what life does to you, no matter what people do to you, no matter even what your family does to you, and no matter where you are, you have to live for God. Amen. Let's stand together. I I get sometimes sick, so much so that I, I don't even go to the news or listen. I hardly ever listen to the news anymore. I, I just, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the idiots that are, that, that will parade themselves before television. I'm sorry. That's the only good language I know. That's the only way I know how to describe them. They're idiots. Now I know that there's a more sophisticated way to say that, probably a more educated way to say it. But as far as I'm concerned, where I come from, they were nincompoops. And I am weary with the likes of of the men and women that we see today. That cast such an influence over our world and they are so vile and so vulgar and so filthy. Simulating sex acts on a stage and then using the name of God in the same atmosphere just does not compute in my mind. But that's how sick our world is. And that's how perverted the minds of so many people are. Is that you can mix those two in it. It doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you it does matter. And I want to say to some men today, I don't care how wicked this world becomes you still need to serve God I don't care how many pressures you feel I don't care how easy it becomes I don't care how tempting it might be live for God no matter what live for God for your family I am certain that my mom and dad did not have a perfect marriage. I know that because I lived with them. But what I applaud my parents for is that no matter what went wrong in the family, they kept living for God. 
they kept serving God. And the only reason that I stand here today, my dad could have walked away, my mother could have walked away, just like your parents could have. There's no perfect family. When you start getting into the dynamics of family and all of the things that go on, there's so many things that's hard to deal with. But I am so thankful. And my parents made a commitment that trumped every problem, every adversity. That if we don't live for God, what is that going to do to our kids? And so they decided that no matter what, they were going to serve God. They were going to serve the Lord and they were going to live with each other no matter what. I wish we could resurrect that spirit in this age. God have mercy. I know I'm getting on some people's nerves right now and I'm probably making some of you feel uncomfortable. I am sick and tired of the wimping out that's going on in our world that's affecting our families because we don't want to have to deal with a problem or we don't have to deal with a pressure or we don't have to address an issue. And so our way of dealing with it is just cop out, thumb our nose at it, go live another life when the truth is what we need are some good men who will follow the path of good men and we need some good men who will make up their mind that no matter what happens in this world, if we have a communist for our next president, and I'm not being disrespectful to the leadership, but if we have, if we go into full communism as a country, you better still serve God. You better make up your mind today, no matter what happens to this world, no matter how evil it gets, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to make right decisions. I'm going to work on my character because character matters. Would you reach over and take somebody by the hand right now? Feel the Holy Ghost here. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, help us to have good men. Good men. Good men. Good men. Good men. Good men. Men. Good men. Good men. Good men. Good men. Church family, I say to you this morning in closing that it is a path to life and it is the best way of living. And it's a choice that you make daily. I will serve the Lord. Walk in the path of good men. Amen. If you're having a hard time of it, Young man, find a good man in this church and start following him. We've got some good ones in this church. Amen. If you're having a struggle with some things in life, find a good man and get connected to him. You don't need another person that has your problem. You need somebody that's overcome your problem. Amen. If you're struggling in your family, 
Don't go hanging out with other people that are struggling with their family. Find somebody that's got a good, strong family and say, you know what, I want to hang out with you. I want to learn what it is that's helped you stick through it all because I know it's not perfect. Amen. Am I too mean today? Am I being too harsh? You know what we need? We need some good men. Good men who will follow good men. Oh. Thank you, Lord, for every man and young man that stands in this building today. I know there are men of character and strength that stand before me. I've seen it on display in many things. I've watched them through adversities. I've watched them deal with heartbreaks, disappointments, dreams that were crushed, family broken. But I've seen them come back into the house of God and lift their hands and worship you. And I want to thank you for men like that that make up Greater Life Church. And I want to thank you, God, for the young men that are coming up in this, this congregation. I've never seen the character and the desire to want to serve you and do right as I see in them. Oh, they don't see it because they have so many struggles in their youth that they are overwhelmed by their own failures. But the truth is there's a character that is being chiseled out in them right now that will take them a long way. God, help them to understand that you can never shortcut the blessings of God. You just have to go the long route. And if you'll sell out and do it that way, you will not be disappointed. Bless our men. Strengthen our men. God, put something in us that will enable us to get back up when we fall. Get on our knees when we have done wrong and repent. And make a decision every day. I'm going to follow the path of a good man. I'm going to be a good man. Not a perfect man. Not a flawless man. But a good man. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you just lift your voice with me right now and let's praise the Lord together. Would you do that? Holy Ghost, I feel your presence here right now. I know it's fine.